Welcome to the Walk Podcast of the Thompson Institute, a podcast for students and faculty on your walk across campus as a resource for your spiritual journey. I'm Aaron Badenhop. And I'm Jordan Browning. And we are your hosts and fellow Buckeyes. In the final episode of our interview with Dr. Michael Pratz, we ask him about his study of philosophy in undergrad. And we ask him if there's anything that particularly troubles him about being a Christian today. Enjoy. Well, this actually is a fairly good segue into my next question because I found it interesting learning a little bit about your background academically that you studied philosophy in undergrad. Uh, that doesn't seem to be a typical focus in a lot of pre-med programs in undergrad. So I'm curious why you took the time to study philosophy like you did, and like how has that how has that helped you having that that background? I really enjoyed philosophy. I was a philosophy major. Uh, I have to admit that I was also a neuroscience major, so I still took all of the science courses that I would need. But philosophy was an incredible balance to that science, and I really enjoyed it. I, I studied a lot of ancient philosophy, like Plato and, and Aristotle, and I didn't take from it as much like the historical concepts or context of it, but I really love the study of wisdom, you know, what, what philosophy actually means, the love of wisdom, because what I took from it was a way of thinking, a way of analyzing. And as compared to my science courses, where it was kind of, at times, just like straight memorization of facts, in philosophy, I could just muse and and ponder thoughts and concepts that were abstract and and theoretical. And I really, I felt like I was working different parts of my brain so that I could just Instead of, the way that I prepared for the courses was so different. Like for, instead of doing like tons of flashcards and memorization and like study groups and stuff for philosophy, I would kind of just like read a book or think about things. And then like I was ready. I was ready to yeah. write, write the paper out. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a cool balance of things. And it really, to this day, has helped my analytical thinking and critical mm. thinking, the way that I evaluate ideas or um, arguments that people put put forward, it can be uh, a nice, uh, I guess it's a good way for me to exercise that. Hmm. Um, what was it like to study philosophy as you did being a person of faith? Yeah, that's, I think that there was so much on God in philosophy. Like when you look at Plato and Aristotle, that's one of the fundamental questions that people are trying to figure out, you know, is, does God exist? What is God? How is God? There's a lot of things that you can think about your whole life Mm. hidden in there. So for me, it was really interesting to read some of these ancient texts on the topic. And furthermore, I think it just applies to my everyday thoughts on it. You know, when you read Mm. like some people that are defending the faith or people that are um, kind of criticizing the faith, I think that it's useful to have a background in understanding the way that arguments are structured and 
seeing if that's really logical or if that makes makes a lot of sense in convincing people one way or the other. So um, from a faith standpoint, I can't say it really like helped move me one way or another, but I think it's a really, again, a, a good tool and a valuable mm. way of thinking as I come across different concepts that are mm. related to my faith. Yeah, interesting. Well, I think in our culture right now, there are a lot of people who would consider themselves outsiders to the Christian faith that have a lot of critiques of Christianity right now, um, have a, take take issue with what they see in Christian ter- in, in Christian churches. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about things that are sort of difficult for you as a Christian, as someone sort of on the inside of the faith. What are things that are troubling to you at, at moments uh, about being a Christian or what you see in the church? Um, yeah, what, because it's not, it's not all perfect on the inside, right? Like there's, uh, there's challenges, there's doubts, there's, I just wondered what for you was, is particularly troubling at times. Sure. I, I think that as many people probably are, I'm always really saddened when people that may represent the faith or represent Christianity or the church in some way come across as anything less than completely loving. And whether that means disparaging certain groups or um, even being more, um, I guess, more outspoken against certain practices, it that is really sad to me because I think that it's not... It's contrary to the gospel message. It's this, the message of Jesus is really that like all are welcome, especially people that feel they're broken or people that are sinners like myself. There's just so many struggles that we all deal with that the, the church itself is, is broken, you know? So there's, like you, like you mentioned, there's, there's problems all the time that you hear in the news and really disturbing things that, that come up. And I don't think those are very representative of what a lot of Christians want to convey. Mm. So myself included. So I hate to think of people being turned away from God because of something that they've heard in the news or some particular person that has um, some issues they need to deal with, that to me is is a real shame. So I, I hope that people can be exposed to good representatives of the faith that can turn them in a positive light to show all the, all the benefits and all the, the blessings that come from that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this makes sense with what you're saying, but I think uh, I've I've heard it said before how critical it is for someone who's seeking the truth, seeking to understand whether or not God exists, who this God is, what this God is like, to be able to separate the person of Jesus from those who say they they believe in Him, right? That um, that evaluating is Jesus who the New Testament says he is a sort of a different question than whether or not uh, Christians actually represent him well from, from person to person. 
uh, is that sort of along the lines of what you're trying to say? Yeah, and it's even more important for the people that are speaking this message to make that clear to everybody that they are not Jesus, that they themselves are just other people in the struggle, you know, mm-hmm. that we are, we're not perfect by any means. So we make mistakes and we have problems and to, to set yourself up as anything else is kind of just a, a problem waiting to happen. Hmm. So, um, imagine there's someone out there right now who's really trying to figure out what they believe. They're trying to figure out whether or not they think God exists. Um, they're trying to figure out who Jesus is, who the, if Jesus is who the Bible portrays him to be. Um, what might you, might you say to that person on our, our campus that's trying to figure that out right now? I think that the Bible does a really great job of conveying who Jesus I think that the Bible does a really good job of conveying who Jesus is through its message, but it's not always in the way that it appears at first glance. So I think that the first place to start would be, you know, reading about the stories of Jesus and getting an understanding for how he interacts with people and his actions and his own words, because tons can be gained from that. But one thing that I, I realized later in in my faith is that it's really beautiful that the the rest the way the rest of the scripture points towards Jesus too and that his character and this person the savior is really pointed at through all the old testament in in reading through the prophets and everything it really weaves together this really beautiful picture of the the character and the person of Jesus so uh, to answer your question, I think that, yes, I think that Bible does does tell who Jesus is, and it's one of the, the best ways that you can, can learn about him. But, of course, I, again, will go back to you need to have a relationship, too. It's not just all, all facts that you can learn. Mm-hmm. But the Bible does a really nice way of conveying all of that information in many different forms, whether it be like a song that relates to him, or it be an actual story that he was was participating in. Mm-hmm. This may sound like kind of an odd odd question. We we talk about having a relationship with with Jesus, and it seems sensical to us who are are Christians because we can point to experiences that help to reiterate what that means. But I wonder if you can explain what that looks like when we can't tangibly see Jesus right now we can't touch jesus right now we can't uh audibly hear uh jesus speaking to us like what does it look like to have a relationship that's a great question because we have referenced that uh, a lot and it's a really big part of of my faith is the relational aspect so i think that ultimately it's not too different from a relationship that you'd have with anybody else except like you said you may not be as sensorily apparent if that's Mm -hmm. if that's a real word and so for me that means like talking with god through prayer kind Mm -hmm. of just throughout the day just bringing things up whether it be um thank you for this or um i'm struggling with this or i need help with this give me wisdom and through talking with somebody 
that builds a relationship. Reading the word, I think, builds a relationship where, again, I understand more. I can hear from from God through that. Mm. Um, and then just seeing how he acts in my life. Like there's things that, that have happened that I just know, like that's God's hand at play. Like that was, God, that mm. was something that God did for me. Mm. And relating back to what we talked about previously, I probably wouldn't be able to recognize those things if I didn't have that background and context for almost looking for acts of God. So I could see how other people may not see it that way. But for me, knowing what I do about God and having that relationship, there's so many things throughout the day where I'm like, that was that was God doing that. And that that was God helping me. This is something that God is trying to teach me or show me. And all of those experiences together with with prayer kind of make this person of God that I feel connected to. Mm. Yeah, so it almost sounds like you're saying there's some openness or receptivity or intentionality that's required um, to to experience God in a relational way. Yeah, I think that you have to be looking for him sometimes. Mm. Uh, yeah. Again, like if you're not totally not looking for him or you're actively running away, I don't think that excludes the possibility that God's going to find you. But mm. it's certainly maybe easier for you if you're actively seeking God or looking for ways that he's in your life or in others' lives, that is, you're probably going to be more likely to see him. Hmm. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Pratt, for taking the time to have this conversation. It was really interesting to hear about your story and hear your perspective on a lot of these topics. And I'm sure it'll be very helpful to many students. So thank you. Well, it's been very enjoyable. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Yeah, sure. Aaron, I appreciated Dr. Pratt's sharing about the place that the study of philosophy has in the academic setting, his own experience with it, even him making a case for it for others, um, even for people wanting to pursue a career in the sciences like he has. Um, I, I feel like it's interesting. This has come up a handful of times as we've been interviewing different professors, people in the academic world. Um, and so even for you guys as listeners, uh, if that piece of what uh, Dr. Pratt's had to share was interesting or intriguing, would definitely encourage you to go back in our archives. Uh, we've spoke to, um, we've had the opportunity to talk to two uh, Christian philosophers, James K.A. Smith, who I believe was our very first interview for the podcast, and uh, Peter Kreeft. And uh, both of them, similarly to Dr. Pratt's, make cases for uh, supplementing your education with classes that challenge you on how to think well, what does it look like to live well just as a human being, or what does it look like to grow as a human being? Um, and I, I just found that particularly interesting that this has been a theme kind of running through many of our interviews, and um, especially for uh, Dr. Pratt's, who's um, in the College of Medicine at Ohio State. Yeah, I, I found that to be helpful to you, Jordan. And I think what stuck out to me from this last episode of this interview with Dr. Pratt's was when he was talking about what was troubling to him at times about uh, his his experience of the church today and how many Christians seem to relate to culture in the in the wider world around us, and uh, I think it it something that resonates with me when he talks about how it saddens him how 
people experience those who believe in Jesus as as lacking in love, lacking in compassion, um, and and really not necessarily modeling very well to the world what Jesus is is like uh, as portrayed in the New Testament. And um, I do hope it is clear for people who listen to our podcast that um, Jesus is not best represented in those who claim to follow him, that Jesus is best represented in the New Testament portrayal of, of who Jesus is. And all of us who would believe in him uh, have our own issues and our own uh, limitations and what we would call sin that inhibits us from uh, living out the the way this way of life that Jesus calls us to very well. Um, and so that's, that's really what stuck out to me from, from this episode. Thanks so much for listening to our interview with Dr. Pratt's and thanks again to Dr. Pratt's for taking the time to be interviewed on the walk. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the walk and you'll be automatically updated when our next interview with a professor or scholar in the campus community is released. Thanks so much for listening to the walk of the Thompson Institute. The personal views presented by the scholars and professors on our podcast do not represent the views of their employer. For upcoming events and for more information, visit the thompsoninstitute.org, a program of crew at Ohio State.